I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, everyone. Uh, Before we dive into today's episode, uh, I quickly just wanted to hop on to say how much I appreciate all of you. Um, This episode, we we had the pleasure of sitting down with, um, with... Someone who very easily became one of my favorite people on television, probably of all time. And uh, the fact that we had a chance to sit down and talk with James, um, it, when it was all over, I, I went home and I told Kira, my partner, about the conversation. And I, I was just kind of struck with how grateful I am to be able to take part in this project that Taylor, Brian, and myself started um, almost a decade ago. And the fact that uh, there are some of you listening to this right now who have been listening since that very first recording uh, just warms my heart. And the fact that there's people who have just come on board and are interested in listening warms my heart just as much. but it's opportunities like this where we get to sit down and we get to talk to someone who's so fascinating, so interesting, and someone that I love so much um, that it just, I don't know, it just leaves me with this like overwhelming sense of, of gratitude. And so I just want to say thank you all so much for supporting the podcast, for listening to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, uh, because it really does mean the world to us. So thank you all so much. And oh man, I hope you enjoy this. This, <laughs> this conversation was so fun. And thank you, James. Thank you, James, for taking time out of your out of your work day to hang out with us. So enjoy, everyone. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is James B. Jones. He has autism. Let's talk about it. Um... Again, James, I cannot even begin to tell you how excited I am about this. So uh, I'll give you a quick little introduction, um, and and then, but I'll actually I'll hand the I'll hand the uh, the kind of mic over to you to to give a more elaborate int- introduction for our listeners. So um, so if you'll just bear with me. So here we go. And is it James B. Jones? Is that how you like to, or, or just James Jones? What do you what do you uh, prefer? That, that's a good question. You know, um, uh, I I, mm-hmm, well, I know obviously both my first name and last name are quite common, but I have not met to I I have on occasion met other people named James. I've met other people with the last name Jones, but I've never met anyone named James Jones. So there, there's never been a need to, to 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 have any qualifiers to distinguish myself any further. But I suppose given that there. Given how many people there are in the country and in the world, I mean, statistically speaking, there has to be someone else with the same first and last name. But yes, on my Instagram account, you'll notice I use my middle initial because just in case, I have to imagine with all the users that Instagram has, there would almost certainly be someone else named James Jones. So Totally. um, Yes, so I... I, 
but yes, I suppose for for the purpose of this meeting, I I do not see what I do not believe it will make a huge difference. Okay, well then let's. Uh, how about I'll just uh, I'll just pick one as I go. So here we go. Ready? I see. We are so excited. We are so excited because uh, we are we have been honored with the time and the presence of someone who very quickly over the last couple of years became one of my favorite. Um, my favorite people that I ever got to witness through media. And, and I'm very happy to say I'm now, I can actually say that I've met this person. Uh, we are joined by none other than James Jones, also known as James B. Jones, also known as James B. Jones 87 on Instagram. The James from Love on the Spectrum, the U.S. edition, and uh, my favorite character from the show. And James, I just cannot begin to describe how excited I am to have you here. I love everything about you. You have brought so much joy to my life. And uh, for people who aren't aware, if you've never seen the show, James is a proud nerd who enjoys outdoor activities and indoor games equally. He is big into books, big into music, big into metal. Uh, and uh, and James is uh, neurodiverse. Uh, but James, I, you know what? You know you far more than I know you. So I'm going to let you take a moment to introduce yourself to the three of us. Introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to appear on your show. I feel quite honored also. It's quite nice to know that there, there are people who enjoyed watching the series and who, who, who find it to be inspirational. Yes, you know, many people have said that they find the show to be inspirational. Uh, many Many people, uh, yes, uh, many people now recognize me in public and speak very highly of the series. They say that they enjoyed watching the series and that I was hugely inspirational to them. So that's very good. Uh, yes, I definitely, I'm very pleased to hear that. So yes, of course, I, I, I make an effort to not allow the, the fame and attention to go to my head, of course, <laughs> try to remain humble. But yes, I, I always say, I always thank people and I always say it. I'm very happy to meet fans of the show. And yes, and quite often people may ask to take a picture with me and I have no problem with that. I'm always happy to take pictures with fans. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I'm so, I'm so glad that that you're leaning into that because again, like I said, like I, you know, I became a massive fan, so I can, I can only imagine as you you know you walk the streets of of uh, of of your hometown, like just running into people and people wanting mm -hmm. to get a, a second with you because you are mm. you're such a you're such a likable person and oh, yes, and you're and you. and although although you know that although the show is about your life and trying to find love um, with with someone who lives on the spectrum. There, there was something because I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, um, I don't identify as someone who's neurodivergent. I don't identify as someone on the spectrum, but there's so much that there was so much to your experience on that show that was very relatable, you know? Um, and it just, it just shows like the humanity in trying to connect with others. And sometimes that can be a real challenge. And mm. so there, you know, that was, that's my piece, but sorry, Brian, go ahead. I, I'm curious, James, to go back to the beginning. Um, when did you first learn about the show and, and, um, and sort of find out that there was this opportunity that you could be part of this experience, love on the spectrum? Let me see. So several years ago, I watched the original Australian version of the series and when I was watching it, I, I I absolutely could sympathize or empathize with the with the 
cast members who were on it. I, I knew exactly what they, uh, I, I had been through what they had been through. I shared their experiences. So I knew exactly how they felt. So uh, yes, I, um, I do admit, uh, I, I, I do wonder what criteria they use to choose. Uh, I will admit when I was watching the original Australian version, I will admit it almost felt as if they were choosing uh, people who who exhibited uh, traits of neurodiversity very strongly. Again, I, I certainly would not. I certainly would not go as far as to say they were they were choosing people who fit into certain stereotypes. That would be very wrong. But mm. uh, I don't know. I, I, it, I admit it did almost feel like they chose people who were who were exhibiting traits of Asperger's syndrome, autism, or other conditions very strongly. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was a very honest and and mm. candid portrayal, uh, I suppose. Yes, and so yeah. There were two seasons of the Australian version, and yes, so so yes, so I watched it, and I could, I absolutely, I absolutely felt felt for those people because yes, well, what they'd been through, I certainly had been through also, but. I think the majority of the people in the Australian version were a little bit younger than me because I'm now 36 and I was either, oh, I forget how old, I was either 34 or 35 when I watched my first watched the Australian version. I can't remember my exact age, but so that wasn't bad. But then well, somehow I, I learned, I, I think one of my friends in Fort, one of my friends who knew that I'd watched the original Australian version informed me there was going to be an American version. So as soon as I heard there was an American version, I knew I had to audition for it. <laughs> I, I, I went online and then did everything I could to find to find what, the, the information that I need to find. And I did, thankfully, I I found the information. The, 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 there was a, a brief message on maybe it was on Northern Pictures Facebook page or on their own page or somewhere. I forget where I saw the information, but there was a page explaining how to audition for the series. So I certainly did. I sent my information. I sent a photograph of myself and a brief description of myself to the email address that, that they specified, and I waited to hear back. So. Let me see. I had, uh, I, I had, I had what I had. I first, I had an interview via Zoom. Uh, first of all, I forget with something. You know, I actually don't remember with whom, but with one of the crew members of one of the staff members of the sure. series. But um, let me see. Then I, I had a second interview via zoom so that was pretty good and then then a little bit later i had a third interview this was in person they ah. asked if they could come to my house so by that point i was feeling really good about myself i mean if, 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 if they if they if i'm having if i've had a third interview and if, if they're actually going through the trouble of coming all the way out to my house that truly must be a very good sign so yes yeah, totally. so sometime after the third interview yes they, they informed me yes they had indeed chosen me for the show i i was ecstatic when they chose me for the series this was this this was one of the biggest this is definitely one of the biggest and best things that ever happened to me without oh. a question no. I love that. I love that so much. And and so, okay, James, I want to I want to get into I want to get into your experience like after the show, but before we do, maybe just for a little bit of context for our listeners, for folks who aren't aware of your story, for folks who maybe haven't yet watched um the the series, if you can just give us um a little bit of background into your history of living with uh living with autism. Um uh you know, it, Maybe, maybe if you take us back to like the earlier years of your life, um, do you can you recall like a time where the discussion of neurodiversity or the discussion of autism spectrum disorder kind of came up in conversation between whether it be you know you and your parents or you and a healthcare provider? Like how what's the earliest sort of point in your in your life where you can recall 
conversations about the thing that makes you unique? Mm, well, when I was younger, let me see, I was born in 1987. And, and so I, I lived, so I, I was in elementary school, grades one through four in the 1990s. And at that point in time, there was not, society did not have a very strong understanding of neurodiversity. Of, of Let me see now, of course, uh, just give me a moment, let me see. So um, for grades one through four, I was in normal or mainstream schooling, I guess, of course, of course, the mm -hmm. term normal is highly subjective, mind you. Sure. But, so I noticed that, of course, I know I noticed and my parents noticed as well that I seem to be having a bit of difficulty making friends, interacting with people, you know, compared to my brother. My brother had no trouble making friends at all, but I was having some I was having difficulty in that area. So I, I guess uh, let's see. So grades one through four were elementary school for me. So when it came time for me to start fifth grade middle school, my parents were dissatisfied with the curriculum that was being provided by the school system where I was. So they sought out something different. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't remember all this. I'm sure my parents remember, but I don't remember all the details, unfortunately. But you see, at that point in time, of so um, people such as myself who have Asperger's syndrome or similar conditions, you know, were were, were all grouped together. People didn't understand the subtle mm. differences mm -hmm. between each condition. Like, of course, now we we of course now society has long been aware of people with Down syndrome or similar conditions, but the, the people with Down syndrome are, are, have a much more strong, severe condition than people with Asperger's syndrome or autism. And unfortunately, people such as myself were, were often lumped in with them without consideration for, for the differences between conditions. So mm -hmm. as, as I mentioned, my parents were seeking out a special program that would be specifically tailored to people such as myself. So, you know, I, I certainly do not wish to sound as if I'm bragging or, or anything, but I, I do believe I am among the earliest of students to have had, uh, to have been in a, a program specifically designed for students with Asperger's syndrome, autism, or ADHD or similar such conditions. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. Cool. What did that, what did that look like, James? Did, do you, do you, do you, I mean, I guess if you, you were in, you know, quote unquote mainstream school for a period of time and then you kind of switched over, do you, you know, I know that you said you don't, you don't remember all the details, but do you know, do, do you, could, could you give an example of like what, what that sort of like education kind of looked like and how that was tailored, um, tailored towards mm -hmm. like a specific con like condition and what your Absolutely. experience is? Yes. Some of the, in addition to learning normal school subjects, of course, like English or grammar, reading, writing, math, history, et cetera, all the, in addition to all the normal school subjects, we had to learn, we had to learn the, like the basics of, of how to engage in conversation, how to recognize Ooh. emotions, how to recognize certain social situations and how to, how to pick up on nonverbal cues, uh, facial expressions, body language, uh, things of that nature. Nature. Yes, wow. I'm very, That's... very glad I was in that special program because the, the special education because it really helped me out. And you know, of course, back then, way back when in those days, the term special education, they, they quite often they some people ab would abbreviate the phrase special education to sped. And mm. that was kind of a pejorative term, unfortunately. So any mm. students who were in special education at that time were, were seen very negatively. It was, it was at that, at that point in time, it was, it, 
people, it was it was not seen as a good thing being special education. Mm. But of course, things have changed now, and people like the, the program I was in helped pioneer that. So, like so students like me were some of the first students to to have been to have been in special education to help bring about to to to, to help um, to help try to fight against the, the stigma of, of mm. special education. Mm. What I really James. like about um, what I just wanted to say about about how, how you describe that, James, and how you describe some of the ways in which um, you know, you in addition to um, you know typical school subjects, you learned um, you know things like um, nonverbal cues and, mm-hmm. and engaging in conversation. What's it? What I find really fascinating about that is how useful that would be for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, totally. You know, because uh, you know, I, I know that I know that. I know that you you your experience is different from is different from from mine um and there there might be a more there might be a more obvious reason why that should be included in your in your school curriculum but everybody needs that skill to be mm-hmm. more sharp than I think it is in general yeah. and I yes, feel like absolutely. it's a I feel like we could take a lot of cues from um the type of education or like the thought the ethos or the thought process behind you know, the education that you yeah. received. I feel because like because to that me. point, like, you know, you, you said, James, um, people, people back in that day would, would uh, reduce it down to sped and, and, you know, like looking down upon people who are, who are, who are, you know, utilizing special education. It, it's, it's that kind of mentality that is, that stems from not really knowing how to interact with other people in the world, not knowing how to like have empathy or, you know, valid communication skills. Like when you don't, when you lack that, you, you, you tend to judge others or you tend mm-hmm. to lack empathy and, and see where somebody else is coming from. Whereas, you know, and again, it makes sense, but James, you were, you were receiving those kind of mm-hmm. skills and those, that, that way of kind of looking at the world, um, which I, I guess like, I guess to, you know, as, as a, as a, as a, an adult, a 36 year old, you know, what do you, what has your, what has your experience with neurodiversity and Asperger's? Like, how is it, how has it shaped the way that you view others? Do you think? That is a very good question. I need a moment to think about it. So, uh, uh, hmm. I have to admit, I'm actually not entirely certain of that. I, suppose i i try not to be too judgmental of others i suppose given given my experience i i i make an effort to not be too quick to to judge other people who might seem to be different or unusual so um i i make an effort to be polite and friendly to everyone and i i i like to think positively i prefer not to i prefer to not think negatively about other people unless they give me a reason to do so mm-hmm. I, I i like to trust other people and <clears throat> yeah i i i like to believe that other people usually have good intentions of course that certainly is not always the case most mm-hmm. unfortunately but I, I would pre- prefer to believe that most people are well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, James, I wanted to come back to the your experience in, in school. And, and I'm curious, when you made that transition to middle school and entered this um, uh, more tailored program, um, did, you, did you excel at the academic side, but, but were challenged more in, in some of these other... Uh, types of courses that you'd you'd mentioned like what did what did your what did your strengths and weaknesses look like at that that time in school 
Yes, I well, not to brag, but I certainly did do very well in academics. That was never tr any problem at all. But uh, yes, of course, uh, of course, communication, especially nonverbal communication, was 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 a major challenge. And I'll also admit, I felt nervous being in large crowds. Mm. You know, I noticed when I switched from mainstream education to special education, my classroom size was much smaller and more intimate. There were fewer students allowing the teachers to form, to better educate, to form better relationships with each student. And I certainly did notice that. So, you know, there, there were times like, so because I was in special education, the, the program, the, the, the organization through which I was being educated did not have its own buildings. They rented space from existing school buildings. So we mainly kept to ourselves, but every so often we would have to go out and we'll go out into the hallways and go into um like to go to the cafeterias the gymnasium sometimes but usually we went there in air during times when other students were not there but every so often we had to go out and mingle with your students i always felt so vulnerable so exposed i was extremely self-conscious i couldn't help but wonder if other students were staring at me or or thinking certain things about me of course i no longer feel that way now now i have absolutely no problem at all being out in crowds but at the time though i i i, I was very nervous and did not like being out in large crowds at all. Hey, mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I really, I, I mean, you know, again, my, my, um, my, the way that I view you, James, a lot of it comes from what I saw on, on the show and, and, and through your social media as well. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciated about you and, and your, your character on the show was how just, um, how, unabashedly you you were leaning into the things that make you who you are like you know uh to to ask a, a a date a new person that you're just getting to know if they would like to join you to go to a renaissance fair where you show up fully dressed to the nines looking so sharp um and and really just like leaning into this thing that you truly just love and this thing happens to be something that is full of large crowds, full of, you know, full of like stimulation all over the place. I mean, it's just like, I, I just love that you, it seems from the outside, it seems like you really do lean into the things that make you who you are. And yes, I think that's, you. I think that's one of the things that like, I know, I know that I took from the show of like, I could use a little bit more of that in my life of, of just being proud of the things that I enjoy and, and not being ashamed um, James, how did you how did you get how yeah. did you get there from from how you described that you felt as a child when you would, you know you would leave mm -hmm. the classroom go to the gymnasium whatever when there was crowds how did you get to there to being like you said now where you just don't have a problem with that do, do, do you know um, like how did that evolve over over the years? Uh, years of practice and experience, uh, plus of course, uh, and uh, also help from my school teachers, my, uh, my my parents, my teachers, and a psychologist. I I was seeing a psychologist for many years. I, I'm not seeing him anymore, but I I've been seeing him for a long time, and he was so helpful. I definitely would not be where I am today without his help. So mm. I will forever be grateful to him. One thing. Think of your favorite one hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now, what if we could fix it? 
I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That uh, that I I would love to kind of talk about is your your parents um, because again they 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 featured on the show in in a sort of predominant way um, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong but like there is it seems like you and your parents have a really great relationship um, and the thing that I really loved was watching the way that your parents would playfully kind of like dig at you um, or oh, or like or you know sort of sort of get on your nerves a bit to like, to, to like, to, to find a way to laugh about, you know, certain situations, which is very similar to our, the three of us, our relationship. Like we like to playfully banter and dig at one another. Um, in a loving way, in a loving way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would just, I would love to know, like, you know, you're, do you, do you feel like you have a really good relationship with your parents? They seem very sweet and they seem yes, very supportive definitely. of you. No, I I love my parents very much. Absolutely, I'm definitely am very close with my parents. So, um, yes, I appreciate they've done so much for me, and I I am I will always be grateful to them for that for everything they have done to help me. I love that. Can we? So okay, so we've we've got the baseline. We've got James's background. We've talked a little bit about the fam. Um, we've talked about the fact that he was on a show, a dating show for people who are living on the spectrum. Are you going to go past the show? I, I would kind of like to kind of curious about like, what's, you know, how, how is the dating life today? I, I do want to ask one question sure, before, sure. before we go to that, just to, in the same kind of universe as the show, because it's something that I've been very, very curious about because the show is extremely popular. And one thing that, and, and, and also now having heard you, you know, very explicitly say like the show was amazing. It was a really great experience. It's mm-hmm. one of the best things that's ever happened to you. I have, I have kind of heard around that there is that there has been like a like through i think largely through people who haven't seen the show um like a kind of like a critique of exploitation of people mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. with um you know uh, on the autism spectrum and i'm curious about like what you would say to somebody about the show um and the people who are participating in it and like kind of like what the show is about like what would you say to somebody who might hold that thought about the show Yes, I certainly have heard that criticism. I, I, oh, yes, let me see. I, cer- I have definitely heard people say that. So, and I can, I suppose I can understand how, how they feel, but um, at no point did I feel like I was being exploited. I certainly did not um, allow the, the crew members to make me do anything that I did not feel comfortable doing. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, yes, that. That, 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 that is definitely a, a very good point that you bring up. But no, I, 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 I said, um, no. So I didn't, I did not allow that. I did not allow the, the crew members to do anything. I, I did not, I, I did not do anything that I did not want to do. So um, I would like to believe that's how it was for all the other cast members. Also, I, I would like to believe that the other cast members were, 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 were allowed to be comfortable and work to work in their own to, 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 to be themselves to not do anything they didn't want to do. At least mm-hmm. that's what I would prefer to believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think like, and I think too, you know, that criticism 
more often than not comes from people who haven't actually watched yeah, it. Totally. Because it and, comes through very it comes through quite clearly. Like your experience and how yeah. you've described it, James, your experience of this like positive experience, it, it very much so shines through in in the sh- in the show. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah and it, I I mean it, it really like, you know, the show is the 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 show is very is not unsimilar to what we have been trying to do with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Right? It is it is just shining a light into an aspect of the human condition and the human experience that oftentimes doesn't get much attention. And it, the reason it doesn't get that attention is because people are, people are afraid to look at it. People are afraid to think about it. it you know, it's like, um, James, I hope this, this, like, this, this, this doesn't seem too off-putting, but it's like the thought that, um, it's like the, the thought that like our parents, the thought of our parents or old people having sex Ugh, that's not that. Ugh, we don't, that's not something that happens. Parents, uh, our parents uh, don't have I sex. Like that's that. that, that, that's a, that's an awful thing to think about. But in reality, sex doesn't just end once you turn fifty. You know, there, we we are humans. We have experiences, and these are not experiences that we should just sweep under the rug because it might make someone feel uncomfortable. And the same can be said for love on the spectrum. The thought of you know somebody like James trying to find love. That might make someone feel uncomfortable because they don't know enough about neurodiversity. They don't know enough about what it means to live with Asperger's. They don't know enough what it means to live with Down syndrome or whatever that might be. And so I think that's the thing that makes people have that sort of criticism because they think, well, the only way that this show could be made is because it must be exploitive in some way. When in reality, when you watch it, it is a beautiful depiction of the struggles that all humans go through in trying to find connection, trying to find love. Speaking right? speaking of a shared and common human experience, um, I I imagine that like date going on a first date is hard. Yeah. Um, I imagine that doing that on camera yeah. <laughs> is really <laughs> difficult. Yes. Um, James, I'm curious about your. I know that some of this is is sort of shown in the show, but like from from like your personal perspective of like going on a date and knowing that there's a film crew mm-hmm. there was that, how did that make you feel? Yes, I certainly was nervous, but I, I, I gave it my best efforts. Uh, you know, I, 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 of course I had to be very careful about how I behaved about what I did. I had to watch, had to, had to watch, I had to make sure I had to watch my body language, I had to be very careful about what I said and did. But I was, of course, was hoping that the, the, the crew would edit out anything I didn't want them showing. But yeah, but I gave it my best ever. I, 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 I was certainly nervous, but but I, I worked through it anyway. You came, you certainly came across as a as a natural. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, oh good. I'm glad to hear because when I watched it, or seeing myself from an outside perspective, it was quite. It was quite uh, in, in, informative, like quite enlightening because I I seem to be nervous on edge for much of the series. So everyone else, everyone I know said I was just fine, but maybe I'm just being a bit harsher, harder on myself, you know. Totally. We're the harshest well, critics of ourselves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Indeed so. Yeah. And and I mean, I mean, I, I think that there one of my favorite moments in television history of all time, James, is when you were on your first date. And the reason this is my favorite because it's so relatable to me. You were on the first date and you were you were about to like look through the menu and you dropped your fork on the ground and your response was you just blurted out, damn it! Like you just yelled, damn it. And when that happened, I went, I know. 
That is exactly. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. But you know, I, but I, I don't. I didn't. I don't have like. I I I don't yell. Damn it! Whereas I saw you do it, and I went. That looks glorious. I should just I yell. Was damn really it! Hoping next time. they wouldn't show that. Oh no! <laughs> no, it was well, great. It, it, it was. It, it was felt so. Human it just felt human. Yeah. It felt real. Like, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. There was also the part when I, I couldn't find my checkbook. I was really hoping they wouldn't <laughs> show up. Or, of course, when, you know, when I said, oh, fuck, it was in my desk the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. Oh, I, I specifically asked them not to show. I, I asked them not to show that. And they oh. still did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh. I, do you hold Do you hold it? Like, you know, were you were you really disappointed that they, they that they showed something like that? Like, or do, you, or do you, can you see it now in retrospect? Can you see like, like how, you know, Again, experiences like that are are universal, and so it's like it just shows. Yes, I that, suppose so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. I would. I I can I can empathize with what you're saying, and and I mm-hmm. I would I would feel disappointed seeing that about myself. But from my perspective, James, and and watching that, it is the thing that makes you know. Sometimes the things where we're the the situations where we're where we feel most vulnerable mm-hmm. are the things that make that are, are mm-hmm. that connect us so strongly together, and so. Mm-hmm. Like again, like that's another reason that we just love you so much is mm-hmm. that oh, yes. is that we see ourselves in those situations. Oh, very good. I, I know that James in the uh, so you know for people who have maybe maybe they're watching the show right now, like maybe they're not through the series. So spoiler alert! But the date that you went on, it didn't it didn't end in love. Um, but you guys did you guys did remain friends from what I gathered. Um, yes. Um, I I'm curious, like how has you know did the show. Did the show, um, when the show was over, did you continue to seek out a relationship? Is that something that you're currently doing? Like, are you in the dating pool? What does dating yes. look like for you today? Oh, yes, I am indeed still actively searching for a new relationship. Yes, thankfully, Emma and I are still friends, which is good. We still hang out and do lots of stuff together, but I am still looking. So actually, not too long ago, I, I actually so I actually just just ended a relationship. As a matter of fact, I was for a while, for several months, I was dating a, a woman who I met online. Yeah, so she saw me on the show and she reached out to me through Instagram. So, oh, she, no, I think first she, oh, what happened? No, well, she saw me on the show. Then she noticed my OKCupid account, but she didn't, she didn't want to make an account on OKCupid herself. So she reached <laughs> out to me through Instagram and yeah, but, but she, she was really nice. I really yeah. liked her. I really enjoyed spending time with her and everything, but she had two children from a previous relationship. So it wasn't going to work out. Ooh. So yes, it, it's over. Things are over, but she and I both agreed that it, it wasn't going to work and we, we chose to we thought it was best to sever all contacts because it would just be too difficult otherwise mm. yeah totally yeah, and so tough. and so now have you like have you have you tried to put yourself out there now as it you know as a as a as a newly newish single bachelor yes yes of course so let me see now i've been going to speed dating events for quite some time now and sadly i haven't had any luck i i don't know i'm giving my best ever at least i believe i am so i i'm not sure maybe it's the wrong method of mean people i'm not sure but let me see i have i i, I have accounts on on several different dating services and I mean, sometimes I I I I'm able to strike up conversations with women, but it doesn't. They don't usually doesn't usually lead to. Yeah, rarely ever do I ever. Does it seem like anything serious is going to develop? Most unfortunately, so I'm not sure. People keep telling me that you know. People have said that I'll I mean I'll probably find love when I'm least looking when I'm least Ooh, looking yeah. for it. And suppose Ooh. that's true. That 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 could happen. That, that happened once before. Yes. So like so before I met the the woman whom I previously met. 
mentioned there's another like uh, so yes you may you may possibly have heard me mention this on on the show or on my or on my Instagram account but yes so uh, j- just by 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 chance I, I met a woman who and she, she was the first woman for whom I ever had strong feelings whom I ever thought might actually be a, a serious potential relationship the things didn't work out with her unfortunately so Ooh. um yeah so i guess i'm just i'm just gonna have to keep looking then i guess i mean yeah. that's it you know it's like dating is it's one of those things where uh, you know sometimes it can feel really discouraging and then and then sometimes it's like it just like you know like you said it, it just creeps up in you and surprises you in a way that you weren't really anticipating um but i think i think that uh you know that 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 way of looking at it where it's you know, when you least expect it or just, you know, to, to not really seek it out so, so strongly, those are the moments where it can really surprise you. Um, so I, you know, I, th- I feel like you're, I feel like you, you're kind of on the right, uh, at least the right sort of mindset. Yes, um, I, I mean, something you mentioned there about, you know, about meeting someone over social media, over, over Instagram. Um, I, I find that, I find that really interesting. And I, I want to, I just want to ask you about your, your relationship to social media, because when the show was done, when Love on the Spectrum was done for me, like when I, when I finished the last episode, one of the first things I did was I scoured the internet to try to find you and your social media. I, just, oh. I couldn't get enough James. I wanted more James in my life. Oh, and uh, and when, I, when I looked, I couldn't find you. And I think I even found an article that literally said that James, he was like, James is not on social media or something like that. And I went, oh, damn it. Um, but then I... I Every so often I would think about you and I would just go look again. And one day I came across, I found your Instagram and I was so delighted to see that we share things in common, like a love for uh, metal music and, and, you know, a love for, for board games and, 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 you know, uh, things like that. And I was, I was just really happy to see that you were on Instagram selfishly so I could just follow you and, and be a fan. But I also, it, it, I was kind of curious about how social media has how it's played a role in your life. And like, and it, it feels like you use it for a really wonderful purpose. It feels like you seem to be using it for like general connection. And uh, I'm just wondering, like as someone who is on a television show who now has like quite a following on, on social media, what's your relationship to social media? Because I think a lot of people struggle with the use of social media. It, it, oh. it can be like a thing that affects their mental health. Um, but oh yes, I certainly heard about that. Well, see, prior to prior to me appearing on Love of the Spectrum, I had virtually no social media presence at all. Well, actually, I do have an account on LinkedIn as well, but other than that, nothing. I oh, had oh. nothing at all because I just didn't feel the need for it. I'd been hearing stories about how social media can be very stressful, can be very intrusive, can ruin people's lives, and I felt no need to subject myself to that. But so after the tell, after Love on the Spectrum premiered, though, I'd been hearing that some of the some of the other cast members who who did have social media accounts gained gained huge amounts of new followers so i mm-hmm. realized i should probably strike while the iron is hot i should probably try to take advantage of that myself so <laughs> I, I decided i looked around but i mean there was no way i was going to join facebook for certain but <laughs> i wondered <laughs> i good wondered choice. about what other social media platforms i could join i've been hearing good things about instagram so yes, i joined instagram I, I i made my instagram account about a week after love on the spectrum premiered so oh, wow. I, I didn't i didn't waste any time so yes, and I gained I, I gained a lot of new followers because it didn't take me long to get like up to a thousand or up to ten thousand followers because I'm I mean I'm not sure how quickly most people gain followers, but I guess I gained followers pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. 
I mean, the show is a huge the show is a huge success, and you were such a hit on it. So it's yeah. a surprise. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you ever invited any of the other cast members to appear on your show? I so I reached out, and uh, we almost got Danny on the show, but um, but it just went cold. We never we never heard back from Danny's team. I, I was in contact with someone from her, um, you know, someone who represents her, um, but it just it just kind of fizzled out. Never heard back. Um, I, I you know if somebody you're in else, contact with uh, yeah, any of them, then you want to let them know that I we'd mean, love to talk to. Them I would too. love to have Steve on the show because I I also think that Steve was just such a fascinating oh, character, yes. and I it was do not believe. He has any social media presence, but but I liked him. Oh yes, I liked the way they put. I liked how they had Steve on the show because he was considerably older than the yes. rest. Yes, yeah. It showed that people, even at that age, people can still be looking for and find love. Totally, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, it was just a perfect. It was a great example of of uh, again, like the age thing. It's it it just like the data, just like the spectrum. Like the age is a spectrum too, and. Everybody at every at any age is is trying to find love at any given moment. So mm-hmm. he he was again one of my favorite characters on the show. Um, I, so yeah, go ahead. I have a, I have a question, James, about about your social media. I saw you posted um, in the last couple of days a video about um, eggs and bananas, and in that oh, video yes. you mentioned that uh, it seems like a lot of people like uh, breakfast foods like eggs and bananas specifically, but you mentioned that. Um, you're not a big fan of eggs or bananas. Um, Neither I am, am I. Neither I personally am. am a as a I'm a I'm an egg lover. Uh, I mm-hmm. eat lots of eggs, but I, I'm curious for you. Um, what is it about eggs that you don't like, and what type of breakfast do you like? Oh, that's a very good question. You know, I have to admit, I'm not entirely 100 certain why I don't like eggs. Maybe it's just their um their flavor, their scent, their appearance. I'm not certain, but you know, because things though, some foods that I do like use eggs, like French toast, cookies, and brownies mm. all involve eggs. And mm-hmm. I'm very right. fond of those. So I, I I don't know, maybe I just don't like raw eggs or 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 some um, yeah, I'm not entirely certain in any all honesty, but and the reason I don't like bananas is because they're flavor. I just really do not like the flavor of bananas. So that's a mm. bananas are a potent and distinct yeah. flavor for sure. But what's um what's interesting, Brian, is I thought I thought for sure you were gonna talk about AI and CGI because I, I saw that James was posting recently about oh, yeah, AI right. and CGI uh, also, stuff, which yeah. Brian is oh, yeah. a, Brian a loves huge fan of. A, a CGI um, and you AI. had a you had a really awesome take on on AI on on Instagram what are what are your thoughts on artificial intelligence right James? actually before you answer that James right. just for context we um, just nerd out on this what one. you do for a living kind of ties into I would guess like that sort of world right can, can you can you tell us what you do for a job it's, I work in technical support because yeah. I've always been fond of working with computers so it's uh, I help to keep computers and other similar electronic devices running smoothly so yes always been fond of that but even before I started pursuing career in computers I've always enjoyed working with computers I I build my own computers and yeah, we, we haven't had to buy any store, any factory made computers for years now because I build them myself, like my, like for not only just myself, but both of my parents use computers that I built as well. Cool. So yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy doing it. I, I, I really, really enjoy being able to work with my hands and be able to build the computers. That, that, that's something I really enjoy doing. I'm super curious, James. I, I just recently built my own computer and I'm, I'm curious what for you- For the first time, Brian. That's yeah, right. it was my first my first build. Um, I'm curious for your, your like daily driver PC that you use yourself. Um, what what uh, what do you use? 
What did you build? What, what, you, could you be a bit more specific? Like, what do you, do you have? Um, like a specific set of parts that you use in it that you that you're like really um, enjoying right now. Oh, like, yes. I, I just I just got a forty ninety graphics card. Okay, oh, yeah, okay, and, we're gonna uh, get really nerd out. Okay, and, all and right. So I'm super super excited about that. But I'm curious what you uh, what you use. Let me see. Yes, of course, I do have. I do indeed have a dedicated graphics card in my computer. So. I've always, I have always been actually been, I've always been using AMD parts actually. So I'm on Team Red when it comes to computers. <laughs> Me too, because they're the underdog. Well, hold on. Well, no, the part you just mentioned is an NVIDIA part. There, it team. is. Yes, um, but my so, but, my CPU is AMD though. Oh, so, okay. so, so yeah. you swing both ways, Bri. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Yes. So anyway, um, what is it now? But uh, well, I mean, I don't have, I don't need to have the most powerful graphics card because I, I, I rarely ever play video games. When before college, I played video games quite freely, but after when I started college and afterwards, I just, I just couldn't, I just did not have the time mm. for video games. Plus, video games are expensive now. I, I don't mm. have the, I just can't afford, I can't afford video games, especially not that I'm looking for my own house. But mm. I have, I, I certainly, I'm, I'm definitely using a solid state drive. Haven't used a mechanical hard drive in my computers for years. And let me see my previous computer. I was well. See for a while, I was using a two and a half inch uh, inch um, solid state drives. You know the ones that use the SATA interface. But now my current my current computer uses a an M2 solid state drive. You know with, with the PCI Express interface because those are faster. Yeah, I just, I just got one of those too. It's you, awesome. You, you oh, guys, see, yes, and, <laughs> and I do have. I also I I I, I for almost for practically all the time I've been using computers. I've, not only do I have a, a dedicated graphics card, I have a dedicated sound card as well. I mean, those Ooh. are a bit more niche now. I remember those used to be a big thing when the, in like the 80s and 90s, early 2000s, dedicated sound cards were, were just as big as, as graphics cards. But more recently, they, they're, 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 they're more of a niche now only because like the audio on built-into motherboards has advanced quite a bit. But no, I still like using dedicated audio cards just because, because I, I, I love music. So I want Ooh. to know that I'm getting the best possible audio out of my computer i, I, I know james that. you you could uh, you could start a podcast with brian you guys could be <laughs> yeah. like you guys could have a computer <laughs> a computer podcast where <laughs> you're right. the pro who has got tons yeah. of experience and yeah. brian's the super interested newbie who's just yeah. getting into it it would, it would be a hit um, be a hit. I, I do i do want to ask james um uh, i know that we're coming up to time and, and again, thank you for taking time on your lunch break to join us. This is really, really sweet of you. Of course, um, you thank you and you're welcome. And, and uh, I do have a couple, just a couple more questions before we let you go. The first one, and, the, and this is just kind of based on something you just said there. I, I know that you're, you're a lover of music. And I know that for a lot of people out there, um, metal music is, is uh, you either love it or you hate it. And, and the, people, the people who love it, um, they, it seems to be a lot of people who are very fond of like the intricacies of music and are, and are a bit like, you know, music nerds because, uh, although on the, on, maybe on the surface level, metal just seems like a bunch of harsh, you know, f fucking aggressive noise. Um, actually at the heart of what's going on there is very, very complex, very intricate sounds that are brought together in a beautiful way. Um, so for anybody out there who's like never listened to metal or like, they just don't think it's for them, but, but maybe they just haven't heard, uh, you know, metal that, that kind of like works for them. What's the, what, you know, if someone says, okay, I've never listened to metal, but I want to give it a try. What is your recommendation for someone to listen to metal? Like one band or that one is song? A very good question. I, I don't have to try to answer this briefly. I don't know how much time we have, but <laughs> I suppose it might, I think it might be best to start with the very beginning with Black Sabbath. 
Okay. I would recommend. Yeah. So either of the, either of their first two albums would, would be a great place to start, or I suppose, or even just I, I personally think the song "War Pigs" from their mm. second album would actually be a, is a good starting point because it's it's not especially harsh or aggressive. Or I mean, not by today's standards, mind mm-hmm. you, but mm-hmm. but it's an extremely intricately well written song and it, it displays amazing instrumental prowess. So I think that would definitely be a very very good starting point. I suppose. I mm. love it. I love that. Thank yes. you. Um, so before we let you go, there's one question that we ask all of our, our guests and it's a two part question. Okay. So the first part is what would you say your experience with neurodiversity, what would you say is the biggest thing that your experience with neurodiversity has taken away from you? That is definitely a very good question, but I suppose one thing is that um, that um, people need, d- different people have different needs and requirements. You cannot apply a one size fits all approach to this, like especially not in education. In education, you need to have a curriculum tailored to each student's needs, and for that reason, that's why it is best if you have smaller class sizes and and a high fewer students and more teachers is 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 extremely important. So so that, so that to ensure the teachers can can give each student their own their own individualized curriculum Mm. okay what would you say is the biggest thing that your experience with neurodiversity has given you oh oops that the answer i just gave would probably actually be the answer would be the answer to that question but um uh, let me see now so i suppose it's helped me to um it has helped me to to understand mm, Give me one. Well, it means that that I, I, well, I could say that means that I'm very passionate about my interests, but I don't know. That could apply to anyone, regardless of of, of whether they are neurotypical or neurodiverse. I suppose, but mm-hmm. it's it is it certainly it meant it means that I I've had to consciously make an effort to get along with others and to, to mm. develop my social skills. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, there was one thing I'd want to mention that I never, never saw an opportunity to mention this earlier, but I want to mention one other thing about being on Love on the Spectrum, if that was okay. Yes. Oh my totally. God, please, yeah. please. So I asked one of the producers when, when we, when we were like during a break in the filming, I asked one of the producers, how many people auditioned for the series? And he, he, the, the producer answered that. He said, that's a thousand, or I think he said several thousand people auditioned. So I have to admit the fact I was one out of six, one of only six people who were chosen out of several thousand is really quite something. I, I certainly felt, I feel very honored and very lucky that uh, I feel, yes, I do feel quite, quite honored that, that they chose me out of all those people who auditioned. I, well, you know what, James, I, I'm going to say it's no surprise. I am yeah. not surprised in the slightest oh, yes. because yeah. you, again, you, uh, your energy is infectious. You are, yes, you're such you. a joy. You're such a delight to like, ju- even just to get, you know, 45 minutes of your time uh, to have this call. Like it, it is, this is the highlight of my year. So mm-hmm. James, oh, you are, you are, you, you have many fans. We are huge fans over here at sick boy. And, uh, we are just so, so elated that you took time out of your uh, out of your out of your day your lunch break on your uh, you know at your Absolutely. work to come on the podcast with us and um and uh and yeah thank you so much it's such a pleasure to be able to meet you, you and and to get thank some insights you. into your life so thank and you so much James I, I just, so when yeah. when will you be broadcasting this will, I mean will you 
send me a link to the to the, to, the, to this when it is broadcast? Absolutely, yeah. We will um, we will be putting this up in probably about a probably about a month. So I will I will send you a link to the episode as soon as it's up. Okay. Will this be on your Instagram account or somewhere else? Oh totally. yeah, yeah. It'll be yeah. on Instagram and and the podcast is pretty much wherever you get podcasts. So you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those spots, mm-hmm. and uh, and good. we'll be sure to we'll be sure to send you a link. So I just want to add excellent, excellent. I want to add too, James. Um, you have an incredible ability to communicate. You're a really great communicator. Like you Thank break you, you break down it, your ideas into like really digestible. It for years. Yeah, it's and it and, it, and it, it definitely shows. So really, thanks. And thanks more so specifically, it shows big time on your Instagram. So I just want to plug one more time for you, James. If anybody wants to follow James and see more of what he's up to and the way he views the world, uh, James B Jones eighty seven on Instagram. Uh, James, before you go, is there anything that you want people to know? Anything that you've got coming up or anything that, you know, oh you want to plug? God. Wow, that that's pretty tough. Well, uh, let me see. I was um, I was going to wait to, to post this in my own video on Instagram. Actually, no. Well, if you're not going to be posting this for a month. Uh, but, but yes, so um, let me see now. Coming up soon, I, I, I don't really have too much planned. But um, uh, actually, uh, let me see. Hold on, wait. So in the later on in this month of November, I'm going to be visiting relatives in Kansas. So uh, yeah, I'll be in Kansas from about November, November 15th through the 19th. So I, if I have any fans out in Kansas, I'd be very happy to meet them. Amazing. Amazing. Kansas, yes. Kansas City. Look out. James, did yes, you said, oh, did you dress I'm up actually, for Halloween last night? Oh, yeah, right. Oh, no, I just wore, I was working, so I just wore an orange shirt. That was it. Uh, I know. And at some point, I'm also hoping to go out to California to meet some of the other cast members. So maybe, maybe sometime next summer. I don't know. I don't yet know the details, but of course, I'll put a video on my Instagram account once I know the details of that. Amazing. Perfect. James, yes. you are truly a gift to this world. And, oh, thank uh, you and very much. I, I just can't wait to keep following what you're up to, man. Thank you so much Great. for coming on the show. Mm. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I hope both of you have a, you all, uh, all of you have a very nice day. Thank, Thank you, James. You too. See Thanks. you, buddy. Take care. Of course. Yes. Goodbye. Thanks. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.